0: bear
1: with us. (laughs) That's what I wanted to start off with today is kind of talking about the purpose of uh, Trash Talk Tuesday. I'm not aware of any podcast that talks about our industry specific, which there's some industries that there's a million about, like the gym industry. There's probably thousands if not hundreds of thousands tens of thousands at least podcasts about fitness and that that industry or entrepreneurship which is cool but nothing specific that I could find about the trash industry and spending my time in the trash industry there's not as much excitement in it as there should be like tech it's like oh tech is so cool you know this that and the other trash should honestly be like that like kind of for the rednecks Sure. (laughs) But, uh, like, it's just cool. Like there's big equipment, you work hard, like you do what no one else wants to do. It's super blue collared, but on the upside, like you make money in the trash business. Like you do just like any other business. And so the lack of excitement, we're hoping to give some inspiration, some motivation and talk about just documenting what we're like going through as we're in this industry. And hopefully other people in the industry can, uh, relate to it pull something good out of it get some motivation and even if you're not in our industry maybe even just be motivated as like your industry because if you're in like a flower shop and you're like oh my industry's boring well we're pumped about trash so you, you can get hyped about flowers so hopefully hopefully it brings value to people in that way
0: exactly i think that's the, the key point like you said is we're just kind of sh- trying to show everyone that uh we're excited about what we do and hopefully that gets everyone else excited about what they do and uh Hopefully, it also brings a little bit of gratitude to everyone to realize uh, what uh, I guess how beneficial our job is and how hassle-free we make other people's lives. Because I think a a lot of people, even myself, before I even got into the trash and in, trash industry, uh, I never realized uh, how dirty and just all the different parts that go into trash. That I'm really grateful I never had to do as a civilian. And so and maybe it just brings a little bit more awareness to uh, what's actually going on and some of the, the cool features that we do with your trash and some of the bad things that happen with trash. So, yeah,
1: yeah, like the fires. Stop yeah. throwing crap yeah, in there.
0: really.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sick of those. Yeah, for <laughs> so real. many of those. But uh, yeah. So why don't you share just a little bit because you actually were part of the recycle industry, which yeah. recycling trash. It's all super intertwined. Uh, throwing this out there to anybody, anybody that's in the trash industry knows recycling is kind of a fake industry, I guess maybe would be the best way to say it. Uh, well, you can make money in it, but it's only there because of PR. Like, it's not really profitable or good for the environment or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now that, so I guess I'm getting kind of off topic, but anyway, why don't you tell like what you had done
0: before and then. Like uh yeah, yeah. Like so, so what you've I, thought uh, so far of the trash industry. Yeah I worked in, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona for a while. Uh, I worked for a company called uh, the Sutta Company. I think it's now changed its name to Green Planet 21 and uh, they were they still may be the largest independently owned recycling company in the United States. so they're, they're a pretty big deal. Um, we focused mainly on recycling uh, cardboard paper and plastic um, at uh, one point in time we were involved in shredding. Um, we also did, uh, hard drive destruction, um, for like banks and, uh, basically just a lot of hospitals, super, yes, yes. Super top secret, uh, information that had to be destroyed. Um, we did a lot of that. Um, and part of that was, uh, our main contracts were with, uh, Amazon, uh, Frito-Lays, um, AutoZone, O'Reilly's. So, um all you guys that order on amazon which i'm sure is a lot of you we recycled every single cardboard box because i don't think people realize uh when you buy something on amazon if you notice it always comes in an amazon box well before it it's in an amazon box it's in its own box and so they take out that box and they throw it away or recycle it to us and anyways long story short that's what we did uh it kept us really busy um but uh Recycling, like Garrett said, it's a whole other monster. Um, it's a little bit different because you uh, process a lot of material yourself, you store it, and then you ship it out overseas. Uh, we would put ours all in uh, containers or uh box trailers, semi-trailers, and we'd ship it out to California, and then they'd put it on big shipping uh, carriers and take it over to China, and they'd process it. Um, unfortunately, the recycling uh, industry is really going downhill right now. China just isn't accepting the uh, the raw materials like they used to anymore. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised in the near future if you guys see recycling actually completely go away. Uh, I showed Garrett uh, an article that Waste Management, I think, posted in the New York Times or some crazy magazine about just how recycling is not the way it used to be and never will be the way it is anymore just because of the, the way china is the new government rules and all that jazzy stuff but anyways sorry to go off on a recycling <laughs> uh, we go all day yeah all day there's a lot of similarities um it's just uh the what at least from my differences i deal now that when i'm in trash we deal a lot more with one-on-one customers instead of just big corporate um Businesses and all that fun stuff, but it's still the same the way we haul it. It's just not as dirty. I'll say that much Yeah, it doesn't smell as bad But uh, there's still some gnarliness to it Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's all fun, but I think uh yeah. one thing i'll say about trash that i like there's not as much politics involved there's a lot of politics involved in recycling um just because of the go green and environmental friendly," yeah. like save the world like shout out to all you environmentalists you're not saving the world by recycling I'm just yeah. that I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick
1: process of that so we hear a lot of like oh no global warming or or what's it called now climate change it's gonna end us all. Um, you know we've got to watch our emissions. This, that, the other. But then on the other note, they're saying, "Hey, recycle." Well, just I'm gonna walk through real quick what happens when you recycle. So they pick it up at your house. To pick it up at your house, they had to put out two cans. So twice as many cans were made. Um, They had to send out two trucks, so twice as many emissions, twice as many tires, twice as much fuel burned, twice as much everything. Once it gets back, there's more energy that has to be used to sort and repack it. It's repackaged, then gone to a bigger city. So like if it's done here in the White Mountains, probably going to go to Phoenix. So you've got all the tires, emissions, fuel, energy, everything done to get it to Phoenix. And once it's in Phoenix, it's then again repackaged. Um, all the energy um, everything that goes into that all the materials, everything that goes into that put onto a truck then all shipped over to California so all the tires, emissions fuel, energy, everything is shipped to California and once it's in California then it's repackaged again energy, time, effort put onto a carrier side note to that read read the other day that the four biggest uh... uh like container ships in the world just those four put out more emissions than all the vehicles combined in Holy the world smokes. so those those ships are not super efficient yeah. anyway put on one of those carrier ships shipped across the ocean to China then they put it use the energy fuel effort everything to recycle it and then at the end of the day it's got to make its trip back to America because we buy most all products yep. so the net win of recycling is like not even close to when it's it's horrible but hey it makes you feel green when you're walking f- from your house to your trash can and you pull out the piece of cardboard and put it in the other bin so it seems really simple and like you're doing your part on uh, your side but it's a little bit different um full story
0: yeah and, and even on that note too like 90, no, I shouldn't say 90. There's a majority of the stuff you recycle that isn't recyclable. Like, people yeah. used to think, like, oh, I'm going to recycle all this paper. Well, a lot of times the ink on that paper is never able to be <laughs> <Yeah>. fully cleaned <laughs> off of it. It ends up being thrown <laughs> away or yeah, lost goes, anyway. So. It goes so much deeper. But, yeah. I, you know,
1: not trying to be the anti-recycle podcast. No, yeah, but I'm not,
0: yeah. man, when we open that Pandora's box, it's, it, uh, it's, a, it's a lot more gnarly than what the everyday joe makes recycling seems
1: but i do have to say kudos to whoever like ran the marketing machine for recycling oh that got going because no. man you you convinced a nation that that's what they need to be doing yeah so ah, yeah. like kudos they sold the crap out of it like if i can do that if i can do that you know i'd be really freaking rich so yeah <laughs> Anyway, so I guess uh, the next thing, if we move off of that, I wanted to kind of introduce everyone to what the podcast is. Maybe we kind of need to introduce ourselves. Get Dallin's take on uh, the trash industry. And then I wanted to talk about a little bit of what we're going through right now. We've spent some time with a DOT investigator. And I think we've got a lot of valuable information that um, if anyone's in the industry or in the trucking industry at all, they could take uh, some value from it. Uh, So real quick though, let's introduce ourselves, I'll I'll start off, um, it's a little far into the podcast but hey, yeah. hopefully (laughs) hopefully you listen this far. So anyway, um, I'm Garrett Larson, uh, CEO of Larson Waste, Um, we decided to start this couple, uh, not Larson Waste but this podcast as part of our company um, like a couple months ago, we're just getting around because if you're in the industry you know how busy you are. And uh, I'm pumped about the trash industry, and like I said, I feel like most people in the industry aren't sometimes even ashamed. Uh, my favorite thing when I introduce people is they ask, you know, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, I work for Larson Weiss. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the janitor. <laughs> it's my favorite way to introduce myself. And uh, um but like i I, that's just kind of example like that's usually the reaction you're like oh like you're a trash man kind of odd but like honestly it's legit so uh hopefully we can get some people pumped about this and add some value and hopefully like if we can build some people that you know watch us or listen to us eventually they can give us feedback too of stuff when we're like hey how do you guys handle this we can uh, give some feedback, so, yeah. Awesome. If you want to introduce yourself, Yeah,
0: I'm um, Dallin Smith. Um, I, uh, I come from a trucking background. My uh, grandpa and my father owned a trucking company. I, uh, I then went to school at BYU-Idaho, got a finance degree. Um, I worked for a recycling company while I was going to school. That's kind of how I got my foot in the door in this industry. Um, I then went on and uh, started working uh, with a friend of mine and a a social media marketing company. And uh, that's kind of how uh, me and Garrett started putting our heads together and coming up with all these ideas. And then Garrett finally convinced me to move out here to Snowflake and and build an empire together and uh, hopefully bring you guys a lot of cool uh, social media I guess, activities and uh, content, and uh, at the same time, educate everyone on what's really going on. and
1: We're going to build so. the crap
0: out of a brand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're building a brand, not a, not a company. So
1: so anyway, uh, I'll dive in now that we've introduced ourselves to, because uh, if this is the first time you've listened to Trash Doc Tuesday, like, you kind of know who we are. Um, kind of what's going on in our world uh, I don't want to give too many specifics but maybe just some of the stuff that we learned um, until it's all over with I don't want to give too many specifics but I had the chance to uh, talk with a uh, DOT inspector and uh, there was a few things we were kicking around where we were like we don't really know where we like fall on this because there's like laws for trucking companies that are going over the road and then there's all these exceptions um, for companies or people that aren't going so far or working so many miles like for example we'll take the log book so like you know now you have to keep a log book you can't drive over 12 hours or 14 within so many days you know there's all these crazy rules for truck drivers now back in the day like when your grandpa and your dad and my dad were running I mean they just slept two hours every couple days and just freaking got it done That's right. but uh, the law is putting a stop to that now. Anyway, um, I think this is applicable, though, for the trash companies that they might need to know this because of how hard our drivers work. Lots of times they go over 12 hours but they're usually not going over a hundred miles. So like, what does that mean? Where's the exception, this, that, and the other. So talking to this guy yesterday, um, disclaimer, like this is just me re- remembering what this guy said. So like, I've, I'm obviously not the law, but just yeah. sharing what, yeah. sharing what yeah. he told me, Remember, yeah. yeah. So he was telling me, well, the exception of not having a log book is under 12 hours or within a hundred mile radius one way. But the problem is it's 12 hours on the clock. So if we've got a driver that comes in, does his route, it takes him eight hours, and then we're like, hey, homie, can you hop in a roll-off truck and do a couple uh, pulls for the roll-off? And he's like, absolutely, because we've got a bunch of hustlers here on our team. He jumps in there, and all of a sudden, he's got a 14-hour day for that day because even though he traded trucks, some of that time was downtime. He wasn't behind the wheel for 12 hours straight. Because the clock says that he was on the clock for 12 hours and he is a driver for us, he needs to have a logbook for that day that breaks it up and says, okay, I was driving for this long and then I was outside the truck dumping this, that, and the other for these two hours and then I was in this truck so my actual driving time was only eight hours of this 14-hour day. He has to have that to be legal, um, if, if that makes sense. Um, which was like super surprising to me because we do that, you know, somewhat often like a a normal route. Usually they're not going to be over 12 hours. So you're good. Like take off and no problem. But it also can mean, even if he's not driving both of those, say you've got a driver that comes in and is doing some training. So it was a 12 hour route because he was training the guy or something like that. And then he stays on the clock and stays another hour washing his truck. And that puts into 13 hours he needs a logbook for that day to stay legal or else he is considered they drove over his 12 hours that he drove and wouldn't wow. be legal yeah so it's nuts but a lot of the laws <laughs> with dot are nuts yeah and like i get it because most truck fatalities are because drivers fall asleep and like like it's real like you could kill a family going down the road and the and driver's just working too hard and falls asleep so i get why it's there but it kind of can turn some uh Craziness for, uh, you know, when, when it's not needed but still has to cover it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, hopefully, some someone can take some value out of that because, uh, like I said, I think there's instances where even a trash company where you wouldn't think, oh, I'm over the road. I'd never have to worry about a logbook, this, that, and the other. Well, to... CYA, you uh, you may need a logbook for certain drivers on certain days, and you know, it's not a huge deal, just when you know that if that happens, then hey, here's a log book, fill it out, get it done right, and then you're covered. Then if something ever happens, you know, you're not a uh, not stuck with oh hey your driver was over over the time helps helps the driver stay covered too so yeah i think it's good info to know like i said maybe later we'll share some of the other stuff we learned but we're tightening up our ship here so we would share that
0: yeah absolutely so i can't really think of anything else that uh, he mentioned that bring value or
1: yeah maybe maybe another day we could dive in a yeah. little bit more of like the maintenance programs and things like that it's and true even if, you, if you've got a good maintenance program we talked about a lot of like the documentation of the maintenance program uh that would make all the difference if you ran into an issue so maybe
0: another right. yeah you know, that'd be, that's a whole another part yeah
1: another tuesday we'll talk about that but uh well, thanks for listening and uh peace